This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. in the previous stand-up how every piece was meticulously put together by a master and then it was placed into the fire to be made strong and durable. Fire is so valuable in our life and once it was finally tested to make sure that it had no flaws it was stamped on the bottom and once it was stamped then it was brought to this room where master painters began to paint. This is blue and white gel. It is just beautiful but it doesn't begin like this. It begins with black cobalt paint. This is the original color of gel. And when you look at it, it really has no beauty to it. But something marvelous happens when it's placed in the fire. The fire adds color to the piece. If there's no fire, it just remains dull, black and white. And I know that we don't like fire in our lives, but fire really is used by God to bring color to our lives. Fire brings experience to our lives. And without fire, our life can be pretty dull. But fire can really add vivid experiences and vivid color to your life. And that's what happens when this black and white, dullish, gray-looking gel is placed into the fire. Then it proceeds as a piece like this. That's the value of fire. But before it's taken to the fire, first, this piece has to be put into glaze. And that's what I'm going to show you next. It's amazing that after it is painted, each piece is brought into this room where it is glazed. But look at this beauty. It's so beautiful, but you really can't see the beauty because it's still dull looking, it's gray. But after all the work has been done on this, it needs to be glazed. And look what happens next. Once you glaze the piece, you cannot see what is under the glaze. It takes fire to bring the color out from under that glaze and the glaze makes it gleam. It is glaze that makes it so shiny and so beautiful. And it makes me think of all the times that God does marvelous works in our life and we wonder, will anyone ever see what God has done in our life? Maybe he's given you an idea that nobody knows about. Or maybe you have a dream to write a book or you've already written a book that no one has read yet. You feel like you're just laying under the glaze. All that beauty is there that nobody can see. But fire brings the image out and causes the product to shine. My friends, that's what fire does in our lives. And that's why we need the fire of God. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My friend, this is Rick Renner and today I'm going to continue talking to you about the fire 
of God. But in the introduction to today's program, I took you into one of the gel factories outside the city of Moscow where they are decorating Russian porcelain with black and white paint. And when you first look at that black and white paint, it's not very colorful. The potential of color is there, but to really bring out the color, the piece has to be put into fire, and it's fire that really makes the peace shine. And that's kind of the way it is in our lives. When God sends his holy fire, it tests us, it purifies us, and it adds color to our life and gives us experience that we need. I'm not talking about damaging, destructive fire like the enemy sends. The enemy sends fire to ravage us, to destroy us with sickness, with disease, with financial distress, all kinds of horrible things. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to resist that fire. But when God sends his holy fire to remove excess from your life and to make you stronger and to give you what you need for life and for ministry, you need to embrace that fiery presence of God. And I have been through it many times. And I'm telling you, friends, it is a fire that makes us better. And that's why I'm teaching this brand new series, which is called The Fire of God in Your Life. The fire of God, not the fire of the enemy, the fire of God in your life. And the subtitle says, The Benefits of Embracing God's Fiery Presence. This is a five-part series. It comes in all kinds of formats with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. God wants you to be ablaze with the Spirit to the end of your life. It's not right that you started in fire and then somehow lost it along the way. That's not God's plan. And if you want to be ablaze again with the Spirit of God, you can be. You need to know what are the 10 essential fuels that you need to inject into your spiritual fire so that you remain a life ablaze. And that's why I want, wrote this book, and I want you to have it. But you can order all these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And please remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to welcome you into our partner family by sending you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And we're going to send you Denise's book, which is called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always give these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. But please, when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. We are praying people. We believe that when we pray in faith, God hears, God answers, God moves. And if there's some area of your life where you really need the touch of God, reach out to us. We will release our faith with you and the touch of God will come to that area of your life. But today we're talking about embracing the fiery presence of God. And yesterday, we looked at the story of the Apostle Paul, and we're going to begin there again today. Many of you commented that you heard things yesterday you've never heard before. Well, let's look at it again, and then we're going to take it one step further. But let's go to Paul's personal testimony about the fire of God in his life. And he gives us his testimony in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, a powerful, powerful verse that really needs to be unpacked. And when you come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul writes these amazing words. But as we were allowed of God. What in the world does that mean? Well, that's a really bad King James translation of a very important Greek word, but we'll come back to that in just a moment. But the King James says, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth 
our hearts. The word aloud and the word trieth in Greek are from the same identical Greek word. It is from a form of the Greek word dokimazo. And anyone who knows the New Testament Greek language knows that this word dokimazo is a very serious word and how unfortunate it is that they translated it as the word aloud, aloud of God. It's really the Greek word dokimazo. And the word dokimazo means to test, to examine, to inspect, or to scrutinize. So you could translate it. We were tested of God, examined of God, inspected of God, scrutinized of God, but it describes a test that determines the quality or sincerity of a thing. And because the object being scrutinized has finally passed the test, it can now be viewed as being real and genuine, ready to be used. And this word dokimazu is exactly the word which was used to illustrate the test to determine real and counterfeit coinage. And after a scrutinizing test of fire was performed on the coins, the bona fide coinage would stand up to the test and the counterfeit would fail. But fire was required to prove what was real and what was false. But most importantly, wow, this word dokimazo was used to picture the refining of metal by fire to remove its impurities. Listen to this. First, the metal was placed in a fire that burned at a certain degree of heat. As that fire burned under that metal, it would cause all the impurities to bubble to the top and the refiner would then take a scraper and he would begin to remove those impurities. But there were still impurities hidden in the meal, so in the metal, so the fire was turned up again. A second blaze was needed, and that second blaze burned at even a higher degree, and it brought more impurities to the top. But because there were still impurities hidden inside that molten metal, they would turn the fire up a third time. So this metal was put through three raging degrees of fire, and this is where we get the phrase, would you please stop putting me through the third degree? Wow. From the viewpoint of the naked eye, the metal probably looks strong and ready to be used even prior to these tests. But unseen defects were resident in the metal that would have shown up later as a break, a fracture, or some kind of a malfunction. Thus, before you could be assured that the metal was free of defects and ready to be used, these three purifying tests at three degrees of blazing hot fire were required. The fire was hot, the process was lengthy, but the tests were necessary in order to achieve a good product. And notice that Paul says we were allowed of God. We were put through three blazing degrees of fire of God. And the word of here is the Greek word hupo. This is so very important because the word hupo means by, by God. You could translate it directly by God, but the word hupo also means under. So you could translate it under God or under the guidance of God. And here we find that God is the one who was orchestrating this entire event. He literally put the apostle Paul in a cooker into three degrees of blazing fire over a number of years to expose the impurities in his character that later would have shown up as a fracture or a malfunction and may have resulted in injury to other people. Think of how many people you know who've been in the ministry and they have failed because they were promoted and they were used too quickly. Though they were called, 
People promoted them too quickly, and because of that, they had issues in their life that had never been corrected before they began their public ministry, and those issues later showed up as a fracture, a break, or a malfunction. But if they had stayed in the fire a little bit longer, God would have exposed those things. God would have removed those things. God would have strengthened them, added the color to their life that they needed to really get them ready for ministry. And I know that none of us like the preparation process and none of us like the fire, but my friends, the fire never ends. And that's why Paul goes on to say, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts, the word trieth, is a form of the Greek word dokimazo, but here it is continuous. And I would translate the verse like this. It was a lengthy process, and I went through a lot of refining fires to get me to this place. But I finally passed the test, and God saw that I was genuinely ready. And it's not over yet, because God is still testing our hearts to see if we're ready for the next big step. That's a very good translation of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. But today we're going to return to Acts chapter 13, where the Apostle Paul was put into the oven to be prepared for ministry. He was called, he was anointed, but he was not ready yet. There were some things that needed to be eliminated from his life. We know that the Apostle Paul had a very strong character. He had to deal with pride, a lot of strong issues in his life and defects. So God put him in the oven and God loved him so much and loved the church so much that God would not release him into his own ministry until first those issues had been dealt with by the holy fire of God. And the oven that I'm describing is in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, where the Bible says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, in my book, which is called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success, I talk about this oven that God put Paul in. And my friends, I want to encourage you to get this because you might feel like you're in an oven right now. If you want to get out of the oven quicker, then you have to submit to the fire and let the fire do its work. But when you come to Acts chapter 13, you find that there were these group of men that were ministering as co-equals among each other. The first was Barnabas. I'm reading from my book. He was a Levite from the Gentile country of Cyprus, which was a region in Greece. He was a distant Jew descended from the tribe of Levi because he was raised so far from Jerusalem. It's likely that Barnabas didn't grow up around the strict religious environment that was so characteristic of Jerusalem. Then we come to Simeon. He's called Simeon Niger, which is the Latin word meaning black. Scholars speculate this indicates Simeon was probably a black man from Africa and may have even been the slave of a Roman family. Regardless, he served in a position of authority in the church at Antioch. Then we come to Lucius of Cyrene. Cyrene was a region in northern Africa, and some speculate this may have been Luke. I don't think so. Others argue that Lucius, who is listed here, was a man of North African heritage. The name Lucius actually means bright or light. 
Regardless of the identity of this man, it seems he had come to Antioch from northern Africa. Then we come to Manion. Manion had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and was, in fact, probably a relative of the family of Herod, which means he was a pagan as he was growing up. And finally, you come to Saul, and Saul is the only one that is theologically trained. Now, look at where he is. He is in quite a mixture. First of all, he's with Barnabas, who is his friend, but Barnabas is not theologically trained. Then he's with Lucius. Lucius is probably a black man from northern Africa, Simeon, who may have been a slave, also a black man, Manian, who was a pagan. He was a Roman that got saved. And here is Saul, the only one theologically trained in this mix of people. And not only that, Paul had been raised as Saul, to believe he was to have no contact with Gentiles. He saw himself as being better than Gentiles. And here he is serving as a co-equal among other leaders with Gentiles. Simeon was a Gentile. Lucy was a Gentile. Manning was a Gentile. He's serving with Gentiles. This was unthinkable to him and with a Jew that is not theologically trained. And he had to come to the realization that God loves everybody and God uses everybody. And in that cooker situation, God began to deal with issues of pride and prejudice in his life. And it was there in that cooker oven that he got the revelation that in Christ there's neither male nor female. There is neither bond nor free. There's neither Jew nor barbarian nor Scythian. All of those distinctions disappear in Christ. Where did he learn that? He learned that sitting in the cooker in Antioch. And not only that, he had to learn to submit to the authority of others. He was more theologically trained than anybody in the group. And he may have even at times thought, why in the world am I sitting here as a co-equal with these others? I have more knowledge than them. I have more revelation than me. Yet God has put me here to serve alongside of them. And how long did he serve there? About eight years years. You see, people have the misconception that Paul got saved and just immediately started his ministry. No, 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 no. That's not the way that it is with God. God put him in Antioch and he served in Antioch, not as the leader, but as a leader among other leaders for eight years. And in those eight years, God cooked him, God removed excess from his life. God strengthened him. God gave him more revelation, added color to his life. And finally, the day came when God saw that he was ready and he finally launched into his ministry, but not until he had embraced the fiery presence of God in his life. I think back when I first began in the ministry, I was a college student. I'd been studying the Greek New Testament, and I really knew that I was called to the ministry. And I wanted to launch out so fast. And I was attending a university church, and I came to the leadership of that church, and I said, well, you may not really know who is in your midst, so let me tell you who I am. I'm called of God. I'm anointed of God. I'm trained, I'm learning New Testament Greek, and I am really the man you need to help set this little church on a good doctrinal foundation. And I'm asking you to give me the opportunity to minister in this church. I was so young and so arrogant. And they wisely said, hey, let us ask the Lord what we are to do with you. They called me back several weeks later and they said, you know, Rick, the Lord says to us, it really is time for your ministry to begin. 
I was so excited. I could hardly wait for them to give me a date when I would begin to teach and to preach. But instead, I heard them say, starting this Saturday, we want you to be responsible for vacuuming all the carpets in the church and setting up all the metal folding chairs for services. I couldn't believe what they said to me. Me? You're asking me to vacuum carpets? You're asking me to set up metal chairs, a gift like me, with all my revelation and all of my knowledge? And God put me into the oven. And God began to deal with my attitude and teach me what a privilege it was to serve. Rather than demand what I wanted, God wanted to teach me to have the right attitude and to be willing to do anything that was required. And as I vacuumed those carpets, which were stained and really hard to get clean, but I was determined to do a good job. And as I sat up those chairs, I prayed in tongues. I prayed for every person that would be sitting in those chairs. I prayed for the environment of the Holy Spirit to fill that place so that people's lives would be changed when other people were teaching, which is what I wanted to do. But rather than resent that period and grumble about it, I decided to embrace it. And God began to release his holy fire to burn out of me attitudes that needed to go. They needed to go, and God knew that, so God put me in the fire. I remember one day they called me, the elders of the church, and they said, wow, we've been watching you. It's time for a promotion. I thought, oh, they're finally going to ask me to publicly teach. They said, now we want you to be responsible for washing the dishes in the kitchen. I thought, wash the dishes, but I embraced it. If this is what they were asking me to do, I was going to do it and do it to the best of my ability. And as I washed those dishes, God was dealing with my heart. But finally, the day came when they said, Rick, we know it's time for you to publicly teach. Well, guess what? When they gave me the pulpit for the first time, the very first time I ever spoke, I was so excited. I spoke for an hour and a half. It was finally my pulpit and my time to speak. And that's when it all began. But first, God had me taking care of carpet and chairs and dishes, and he used that cooker experience to remove some defects and flaws from my life. And I'm so thankful that he did. We need to embrace all the benefits of God's fiery presence because it removes what needs to be removed. It cooks us. It strengthens us and gets us ready when it's finally time for each of us to launch into whatever we're supposed to do. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Many people fear fiery experiences, but there is a good fire that we all need to keep burning in our lives. Fire sent from the enemy is destructive, but God sent fire is needed to make us stronger, pure, and ready for what God wants to do in and through our lives. Remember, the Bible says God is a consuming fire, and we need His fire to remain spiritually ablaze and burn red hot as we do our part to fulfill His great plan. In this life-transforming five-part series, Rick will show you how God's divine fire is needed to remove excess waste and make you stronger, reveal flaws that need to be corrected, make your life shine brighter, bring color to your life. This series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, we encourage you to get the book of Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate and uncompromising life and to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how. And that's what you'll discover in this timely book. 
Learn the right fuels you need to throw into your spiritual fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, the series The Fire of God in Your Life, and the book A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I want to give you a report about what's happening in the construction of our new studio. Work still continues. It's taken a little bit longer than we anticipated because of all the sanctions that have stopped materials from coming to Russia, but we're doing it step by step. And today they're installing the fireplace, which is going to be the centerpiece of this big room where we're going to be filming programs. But hey, there's more than this. Let me show you. Well, I know you can't tell from what it looks like right now, but this really is gonna be one of the smaller studios. And this is gonna be Denise's studio because Denise is reaching women everywhere with her programming. And right from this spot, Denise is going to be sending her teaching to women all over the world. But hey, there's another set in addition to this one. This is our third studio in this new building. You may say, why do you need three studios? Because we're filming a lot of programs. Right now, we can only film one program at a time. We have to set it up, take it down, but this will enable us to do multiple things at one time. But on both floors of this building, there are multiple offices. In fact, there are 18 offices, and in all of these offices, people are going to be doing editing, writing, producing programs, working with our network, and it's not about buildings, it's about people. People need the teaching of the Word of God. But right now we're in phase three of our ministry, which is paying off our Tulsa ministry headquarters. We wanna pay it off because the moment it's paid off, all of those funds will be released for us to broadcast the teaching of the Word of God around the world. And that's really our goal, to get the gospel and to teach people the Bible all over the world. They're just crying out for it and they're waiting for that signal to come with the answer that they've been seeking. So please help us as we finish phase three to pay off the Tulsa facility. In this series, we're talking about embracing the benefits of the fiery presence of God. I'm not talking about fire that the devil sends that is destructive and just ravages your life. I'm talking about the holy fire of God that comes to burn excess and to burn defects out of your life so that when you finally launch out to do what you're supposed to do, those defects don't show up as a break or a fracture or a malfunction in your life. God loves you so much and God loves me so much that before he releases us to launch out, first, he removes all those things from our character. God does not have his eye fixed on the clock. That's what you're looking at. God's eye is fixed on your character. And when your character is ready and God knows it, that's when God will say, now your moment has come. So get your eyes off the clock and put your eyes on your character and say, God, please fix my character so I'm ready for what you're calling me to do. But hey, I want you to order the whole series, which is called The Fire of God in Your Life, and it comes with a wonderful study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called The Life Ablaze. 
10 simple keys to living on fire for God. But you can order all these things by going online or by giving us a call. And please let us know how to pray for you. And Father, I pray right now for your fiery, holy presence to come into each of our lives to prepare us for the next phase that you have for each of us. In Jesus' powerful name, I pray it. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's been good to be with you. Tomorrow we're going to come back and I'm going to talk to you more about the fiery benefits of God's presence. It's going to be good. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.